I am Pastor Rob, one of the pastors here, the old timer. I've been around here a long time. It's so amazing to have you guys here. You're in a very, you're, the people sitting around you might not know them, but I, I can tell you, you're in a great place. People who love Jesus, wanting to pull, draw into him. So good morning. I want to, before I get started the message this morning, I want to pray for, we have a, the youth missions team in Machida, Japan right now. That's them. They have an amazing team with great leaders, and we, we've gone to Machida, you know, for the last probably 20 years. They're going to this church there, Evergreen Chapel, and it has the ability to house us, and what we do, these guys are doing probably right now, it's Monday there in Japan, and they're going into the local schools. They can't preach the word, but they bring a bit of Hawaii. People in Japan love Hawaii, and that's their, uh, that's their kind of the connection. And then what they do is they invite them back to meet them to keep the relationship going on the church campus. So they have fun games, they have a Hawaii party, play basketball, all that. So we want to pray for those guys. Some of those guys have never left the country before, and they get, you know, sometimes you take the youth on a mission trip, and it can get a little bit lonely and homesick, and all that goes on. So let's pray for them, pray that God does amazing things. Lord, I pray right now for our team, the leaders, the students who are in Japan right now. Lord, I pray that you would keep them safe, you would keep them healthy, Lord. Lord, that you would be moving in their lives, Lord, that they would do things that they didn't even dream possible because of your Holy Spirit working through them to touch the folks from Japan, Lord. I pray that the word says, and I claim it, Lord, that you will accomplish through your Holy Spirit infinitely more than we could ever dare, dream, ask, or hope. And we all said, amen, amen. Amen. So we're in a series around here that we've called Wise Up. We're actually going through the, a book in the Old Testament, so you're, if you're brand new and every nine o'clock service around here, there's always a bunch of people that are new and, we, and you're welcome to be here. And maybe you're just new in the faith or just trying to explore what this God thing's all about. Well, we're in a book of Proverbs. It's in the Old Testament. It was written by King Solomon, King David's son, about 3,000 years ago. And it's a, it's a book of sayings. There's 31 chapters. And you know, can, can I just say this? this is, I want to give you a view into my life as a, one of the pastors here, and how I handle my prayer life. This, this, just to be a, a bit of encouragement for you. At the last service I preached to, uh, that was a question they asked me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little glimpse into my life. I'm, anybody a person of routine? Anybody like routine? And, and don't mess with my routine? Anybody that person? That's me in only one area, really, and that's regarding my morning prayer time. Sometimes I have grandkids over and they're running around and they're messing with my prayer time. But here's how I do it. Every, mor- every morning, pretty much the same time, coffee, me, and my Bible get together. And I always pray, this is a prayer I pray every single morning. Lord, this is the day that you have made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And give me the wisdom I need to make a difference for you today. That's how I start every day. And I also spend time in the Word. And every day, and this has been forever that I can remember, at least 20, 30, 30 years easy plus, I always read a proverb of the day. Whatever day it is, so today this happens to be October 7th. So this morning I got up and read Proverbs 7. And, if you, and I want to just encourage you as we go through, we're going to do this for seven, this is the third week of seven that we're going to do as we explore the book of Proverbs. I just want to encourage you, however you arrange your prayer time, that you would make Proverbs a part of that, that every day you'd read that. In fact, if you're a guy in this room, you should know, hands down, hands, you should know Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. You should know it. 
You, you, the Lord's speaking to men in those, those, those three chapters. And also, if you get your phone, there's a, if you have Version Bible, there's so much on Version Bible, you can just go into there and uh, go and bring up Proverbs. There's a bunch of good plans, reading plans, and it actually gives you a description of the proverb you're about to read. It opens your eyes to what Solomon was trying to accomplish in that proverb, and then you read it, and you'll really grow. I promise you'll grow in your in your wisdom. And by the way, just for the record, wisdom, there's, there's knowledge, and that's important. There's common sense, yep, that's important. But the word says, and this is the key verse that we're using for this series, put that up on the screen, let's read it together. It says this. It says, wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Here's the thing. There's nothing more important you could ask for from God than his wisdom for your day. For every meeting you go on, every meeting I go into, every phone call I get, I always, Lord, I need your wisdom here. I need your wisdom. I need to know, Lord, what you know. Where's, where's my A students in the room? Don't be shy. Where's my A students in the room? A students, come on, let me see my A students. I know you gotta be in this room somewhere. A students. We don't like you, but you raised your hand anyhow. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Amazing, amazing people. That surely isn't me. Any C students in the room? Wow. <laughs> That's me. I know my limitations, so clearly I need God's wisdom for whatever situation I'm in. Are you hearing me? The word says... As we, I want to reflect back a couple of weeks just so you have some knowledge of where we're going here before we get into the message today is we're talking about wisdom. The word says in Proverbs 9, verse 10, it says, wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is what? Let's see who remembers. Fear of the Lord. Fear of the, Lord. the beginning of wisdom, the foundation, the foundation of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And if you have not heard the message that Pastor Carl brought two weeks ago, you can go on our website, pull down the archives of sermons, and you can listen to the one on, on Proverbs, the first, first sermon on Proverbs, because it really brings out what you need to know and what Proverbs is all about. Let me just give you a really quick understanding. Proverbs, when it says the foundation of, of, the foundation of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, here's what it means that you would have a fear of the Lord. Not anybody grew up in the church uh, many years ago when I grew up in the Catholic church. I, when I was a kid, I always said, okay, if I screw up, the lightning bolt's gonna hit me. I'll be dead at a doornail. I'll bat, I'm gonna be gone right now. Like, I, you know, you kind of wake, you kind of grew up in that environment and you're thinking, I'm gonna get slapped around the minute I do something. God's gonna come and get me. That is not at all, at all what this verse means. When it says fear of the Lord, you know what it means? That you would be in awe of him that you would know the awesomeness of God, that you would know that God is holy and when his word, what it says in the word is right and that you would have a reverence for God, a holy reverence, almost the fact that you wanna come onto your knees because you know when God speaks to you, you're in his presence and when you, God gives you wisdom, he is speaking to you. Are you hearing me? And then last week we talked about that, about contentment. In Proverbs, it talks about though life can be crazy and some of us are going through some hard times right now and life is crazy no matter what. It brings drama and all that goes on. And by the way, do we not live 
in a messed up, crazy world right now? Holy Toledo. I don't know how this is all going to end. I don't know how it's going to end. Hopefully, Jesus will come back and we'll be done with this. But we live in a crazy world where we literally need God's wisdom. Today, I've enti- we've entitled the message, Never Stop Learning. Never Stop Learning. In fact, as you read Proverbs, you're going to understand that learning and growing and being teachable is really a central theme of the book of, wisdom, uh, book of Proverbs as it, re- as it relates to wisdom. God wants us to be teachable and open and ready to be learning at all times. It says that all over the word. In fact, if you just go through the New Testament, God's always wanting us to be, to develop. God made you to be an amazing person. God purposely, lovingly, and caringly designed you, created you, you, to be who you are. But let me say this, you'll never be all that God created you to be until you grow into the person, that person. Did you hear me? Because the word clearly says it's a, there's a development, there's a teachability, there's a growing that always will happen through your life as you grow in your trust and love for God, as you grow in your trust and love for others. It's a learning process. I've been married for 41 years. What do you, no, no. Thank my wife. Thank my wife. <laughs> Praise God, I have a beautiful wife and loves me and I love her. But here's the deal. Every day I go, ooh, I didn't know that about you. And I say that to my, I said that to my kids recently and they go, really? I go, listen, all of us, everyone in this room, we grow through ups and downs and some days things bother us, some things other days couldn't care less about. We're always evolved, always changing, always growing. So we always need to learn. I always need to be aware of and learn who my wife is so that I can love her there. Are you hearing me? So look at, as we look in the word today, I want you to know God would want us to have a teachable spirit. With that in mind, there's some things that actually stop us, stunt our growth along the way. And we've called this, hey, by the way, if you have notes, you're going to need them. Because a learner takes notes. I'm just saying. Learners take notes. And this is, we, if you notice our notes now, we've really put a lot of scripture in there. Why? Because we really want you to grow. We really want you to understand not what we're saying, but what God's saying to you in regards to wisdom. So take a lot of notes this morning. The first one where you're going you're gonna to see is this, what stops you from, from learning is what we called avoid foolish talk. I've, I've subtitled that. Stuck on stupid. <laughs> now I say that not in, in disrespect, but you're looking at somebody who's been stuck on stupid in their life. Big time. When I was younger in high school and in college and then early in my marriage, no one could tell me what to do. You might know somebody like that. You know, you, you, you always had the, always the answers. You know, I was that C student, so I think some of that came from insecurities and all that stuff, but no one could ever tell me what to do. You ever met anybody like that? 
You ever met somebody, you ever have a conversation with somebody and you're, you're trying to explain this amazing experience you had and you're into it and about halfway into it, that person breaks in and says, oh, that was, that's good, but wait until you hear mine. And they break in and they start telling you all about their story. Maybe you have a passion or an opinion about something and you're trying to get that out and all of a sudden they break in and they blow yours out and they think, Look, you gotta listen to mine, mine's even greater. You ever heard of that person? You ever experienced that person? Here's what the word says about that in Proverbs. It says this in Proverbs 18, two fools have no interest in understanding. They have no interest in really listening to you. They have no interest in caring what you're thinking or understanding you. It says this, they only want to air their own opinion. Been there, done that, have you? I sure have. Here's a, let me tell you another person. This is a person who literally never listens. I, you probably never met anybody like that, that never listens. So let me introduce you. My name's Rob, and I'm that guy. <laughs> Just so I want you to have met somebody that like that. See, that was the one thing that afflicted me the worst. I did not listen at all. I was that guy. Didn't care, never listened to advice. Got me in a lot of trouble. Got me in a lot of trouble along the way. One time, uh, my tw- I have a twin brother, and uh, he had gone through, a, many years ago, through a divorce, and now he was going to get remarried. This is quite a while ago. He was going to get remarried, and so I was the best man. And so I had to go back to California, and I was staying at my mom's house in California, and my mom said, hey, uh, make sure you look at the map. Make sure you look at the map and, and, and know how to get there. I don't want to get lost. By the way, if you don't know what a map is, it's something you actually had to open up. Because <laughs> probably today you just put, tag it in the, the address and, it, and somebody literally tells you how to get there. But back then, it, I didn't have a cell phone. No such thing. So I was supposed to look at the map so I knew how to get there and not be late. And my mom was very insistent about it. I do not want to be late. Now listen, probably like your mom, I grew up with an amazing mom. Just amazing. Never had a bad word to say about it. I've never heard my mom cuss ever, ever, until that day. <laughs> to make a long story short, I'm the best man in this big wedding, and we are 45 minutes late church full of people my my brother would my brother told me later that he would have blown me right off and throw the next guy in as the best man but he didn't want my mom to not be there my mom i mean i had missed the off ramp i i had grown up in that area but i hadn't been there many many years and who knew they were going to build houses there (laughs) even a shopping center where did that come from I'm just looking, I, it was in Thousand Oaks, California, and I was just looking for the rolling hills. Like, those rolling hills were houses. So I kept driving and driving until I was 45 minutes late. And that way, once I, had, and by the way, back then, when the person wasn't talking on your phone, you know what you had to do? You actually had to ask for advice. Hey, I'm lost, where do I go? Anybody ever had to do that, go to a gas station? Back then, you used to go to a gas station. Hopefully, that dude knew what he was talking about. And that's what I had to do. I jumped in that gas station and I found out I was way off. And the whole time from that gas station to that church, my mom was screaming at me <laughs> the whole time. I could have avoided all that if I just would have listened. It says this in Proverbs. 
In Proverbs 15, it says, Fools think their own way is right. But a wise person listens to others. I'm hoping you got heard that. Because some of us, our mind doesn't compute that way. Our personalities, you know, we, sometimes we walk in the room, we can think we're the smartest guy in the room. But that's not the case. Listen to wisdom. That's the way I was for quite some time. And, and then when I came to the Lord, uh, a person that I met came to me and goes, I need to disciple you. But a person who doesn't want advice doesn't accept that conversation. Are you hearing me? But I want you to know, and I want to maybe encourage some of you to help others. This gentleman barged his way into my life. He didn't come willing. He didn't come. I wasn't willing to really meet with him, but he, he knew, he knew that my heart needed a change because let me tell you something else back then, what he, what you didn't know because of that crazy attitude I had, I was killing my marriage, like killing it. And I had a brand new baby at the time. I was, that was bad. And he could see that. And he came barging his way in my life and he set me down. And the very first thing he taught me, which I remember today, which, and by the way, who sent that person into my life? God did. God did. Maybe there's somebody in your realm, in the world you revolve around, that needs you to barge into their life and to, and to touch their heart. I hope as I get done with this message, you might understand how to do that. But he came barging in my life, and he, he taught me this scripture, which I want you to know. In Proverbs, says this in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. See, he knew that I needed a heart check. I needed to change my attitude. He knew, to, he knew that I needed to look at life differently. And when the word says, just so you know, if you're new to the word, when the word uses the word heart, it's not talking about the organ that pumps blood through you. It's, talking, it's describing the very core of who you are. Your command center, your personality, your likes, Everything about you that makes decisions and processes decisions is considered the core of who you are. Some of us would call it our soul. And the word does at times too. But it's the very essence of who we are. And he came in and says, Rob, you need a heart check. You need to change the way you look at the life. And it was the most amazing time. And by the way, by reading that scripture and understanding that I needed a heart check, it saved my marriage. I have the marriage today, the family I have today, because this gentleman was willing to come in and teach me the words, and it came from the wisdom of Proverbs. It says this in Proverbs 1, 5. It says, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those who understand receive guidance. See, we learn two ways. We can learn through school and advice, and asking questions, and getting input. We can learn that way. Or we can learn the way I was learning back then, by the world of hard knocks, by always making mistakes. But that's not bad, by the way. Making mistakes isn't a bad thing. As long as we learn from them. Every time my wife and I fight, which is every once in a while, I'm sure you don't, though. My wife always asks this question, what do we learn from this and that we won't do it again? Now, when you're in the heat of a battle or heat of an argument, 
that's not something I want to hear. <laughs> but guess what? There's so much wisdom in that. Why, what, what allowed this conflict to start? And how can we not have it again? So I just want to talk about, I want to give you three things about having a heart that is receptive to learning, to be teachable. The first one is having a heart to be humble. Humble heart. Let me give you a glimpse into my world. Like I said, I, my marriage was completely on the rocks. Completely on the rocks. I'll need to give you how bad it was because some of you don't know me. My wife wanted to be with somebody else and I had a baby. I had a wake-up call. And I want you to know, I, for the first time in my life, fell on my knees and said, God, I don't know what to do. And by the way, that's a powerful place to be because God says, I can bless the humble. I want to bless the humble. If you ever come to a place where you do not have the answers, Lord, show me what to do. I promise you, he is coming in full blast to give you the wisdom, filling you with his wisdom, with his spirit. When you ask him, I promise you, and we're going to show, show you that word in a minute, he's coming. But it starts with a humble heart. I had to come to a place in my life to know that I did not have the answers. Many of us, by the way, life can be humbling at times. And when we, like if you were like me, my, my first response when life was getting hard was to even grab the controls back even harder. And God said, give me, give me the controls. Humble yourself before me. King David in, in Psalms is always crying out, Lord, help me, help me, Lord. And that, I want you to know, is an amazing place to be. Secondly, to have a learning heart, you have to have a desire to want to grow. A desire to want to grow. I'm going to use my example for a moment. I, I now coach and mentor couples because I've been married for so long and this, this incident happened so long ago that I've learned along the way. But guess what I had to do back then? I had to seek help. I had to seek a counselor to help me, our marriage. Have to. Some people see counseling as, oh man, it's like going to the principal's office. I'm not doing that. Here's a belief I have after all these years of counseling couples. Every couple, married or not, should seek counseling at some point in their marriage to get refocused. Why? Because you want to continue to grow. Life is about growth. God wants to grow you into the person he created you to be. This is where amazingly the word of God comes in. Read. Spend time with a willingness and a desire to grow. You'll, be, you'll want to be in the word. You'll want to be in the word. There's some amazing podcasts out there that allow you to grow. If you, if we're, because in, in the world we live in today, I think we're stuck on screens too much and it kind of stunts our growth. But God would want to say, hey, I want you to grow. You have to have a desire, a desire to grow. When I first started working here at Anchor Church, that was uh, 30, 32 years ago, I started working for the church. I literally knew nothing. 
I went from construction to a church office overnight. Pastor Carl's dad hired me because I was good at organizing things. I'm on a church staff now, and I knew I was way over my skis. I had no idea what to do. So I started reading everything I could so that I could grow into this place. Whatever the Lord, wherever you're at, in your walk or in your relationships, maybe in your workplace, in life, something you, that you want to challenge, you need to have a heart that says, I have a desire to grow. And lastly, you have to, have a, you have to embrace correction. You have to embrace correction. Some people see correction, and let me read the scripture that goes with that. Um, it says this, in Proverbs 12, 1, it says, to learn, you must love discipline. It's stupid to hate correction. Let me read that again. I love that. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Some people will always see, there's a certain part of our personalities that always see correction as criticism. We see correction as condemnation. No one really likes to be corrected. That's a fact. But the word clearly says right there that, dis, but that correction is a good thing. It's a good thing. So around here, just to give you a glimpse into the, how the church works, every week, we're critiqued. Every week. I'll be critiqued this week for preaching. The worship team will be critiqued. We critique everything. Now, some of you just said, oh, wow, they sure are mean. If you've taken the word critique as a negative, it is not. It is not. Critique says, I want to get better. We want to make sure that every week we're growing in our ability to make sure that anyone who walks on this campus, drives on this campus, and walks in this room has an amazing experience. That doesn't happen by accident, and we critique one another. I want to get better. The worship team wants to get better. Everyone wants to get better. In your life, ask questions. How? In love. Now, I know the responses back coming back to me are going to be in love, but they're going to be wanting to grow. Can I just encourage you? Ask questions. How can I be a better husband? Ask your wife. And wives, answer them in love. Not in condemnation, but in love. They're asking you an amazing question. How can I love you more? Wives, ask your husbands, how can I love you more? How can I be a better wife? Ask, your, ask the friends around you, how can I be? It's, it's an amazing thing when you're willing to ask people, how can I get better? By the way, it does not come naturally because the enemy is always gonna want you to see that as condemnation. Are you hearing me? But the word, I just said it, an amazing scripture in Proverbs. Love discipline, it's stupid not to. So I want to give you four things how to be a learner for life, a lifetime learner. Really important because I'm coming out of the word, coming out of the word right now. It says this in Proverbs 13. It says, people who desire advice are asking for, people who despise advice are asking for trouble. But those who respect, those who respect the command will succeed. The instructions of the wise are like life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. 
Here's, a, here's what I want to say to you. We all have a conversation in our head all the time. We all, we all talk to ourselves. We all have a running conversation. If the only people, the only person that has insight and can speak into your life is you, it's not good. And it can lead to craziness. It, it, it's, it's naturally going to wind. It calls the stairs of death. But it's going to naturally unwind on you. The only person you're listening to is you. To be a lifetime learner, you have to allow other people into your life. Other people. I have several people in my life. Pastor Mike Kai from Inspire, who used to be our worth pastor, work, youth pastor here. Him and I have been meeting together for well, well over 20 years, every Thursday morning when we're in town. And we, just, we typically walk Kailua Beach one way, turn around, and pray back. But I, I speak into his life, and he speaks into mine. And by the way, sometimes he says, hey, buddy, you better wake up, man. You're out of line. I also have two other men that I meet with on Wednesday mornings. And we've met for even longer than 20 years. And one of the guys in that group, which I'll leave unnamed, but he can be brutal sometimes in a loving way. In a loving way. He gets me back on track. He makes sure that my attitude, my heart is in check. So to be a lifetime learner, the first thing you have to do is be willing to initiate growth. Let me read the scripture. Write that down. Learners initiate. It says this, and by the way, I'm going to switch now from Proverbs to James. James is an amazing book if you're not, you have never read it before. James was written by Jesus' half-brother. Joseph and Mary had children, and one of those children is James. And the word tells us that none of them, none of the children actually believed Jesus was the Messiah until the resurrection. And after the resurrection, their life flipped around completely. And they totally believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And James wrote this book. Many people call this the Proverbs of the New Testament. There's so much rich learning that we can get from James. Look at what it says in James 1.5. It says, if you need wisdom, and who doesn't? Ask your generous God, and he will be glad to give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He will not rebuke you for asking. Like I said, every day I'm, I pray for wisdom. I remember, again, when I first started working for the church, I was completely out over my skis. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I had to hit the books big time. I turned off TV. I spent probably a little bit more time studying than I should have with my kids, but I had to pour in. I had to, I had to initiate in me what the heck am I got myself into here? I had to study the word. I went to school. I had, to, I had to initiate what it was to be who I wanted to be in your life. Whoever God called you to be and you're not there yet, you have to initiate the growth. You have to initiate the desire to learn. And if you ask for wisdom, I promise you, God wants to speak to you. Because when you ask him, you're coming from a very humble heart. And secondly, once you initiate it, you have to implement it. You have to implement it. Here's what it says here. James also says this. Don't be doers of the word, but be, wait, excuse me. Be doers of the word, not hearers of the word. Don't deceive yourself. What he's saying here is, once I give you the wisdom, once you're on a track, you actually have to initiate it. 
let me tell you how it worked out in my life. So I've got this education, but I've never actually done anything with it. And then one day, shortly after I came to work for the church, lunchtime, we got a call. Lady called from Castle Hospital and she said, my dad is dying. Please come and pray for him. So at the time, there was three other pastors on staff and I really didn't consider myself. They were calling me that, but I didn't see myself as one. I went looking all through Kailua town for that. Those folks went to lunch somewhere and I figured I'm gonna find out where they are and I'm gonna get them to go to that hospital room. And I drove completely around Kailua town, completely around. In fact, I circled back to the office, ran upstairs to see if they were there and the girl that was working in the office back then screamed at me, get up to castle right now. Here's what happened. Hear me on this, super important. I went there, my heart pounding. I had my Bible. I had no idea what to do. I was feeling insecure as can be. Didn't really have the, I wasn't feeling the courage to even go there. But hear me. The second I hit the ICU door, the second I touched that door and walked through it, God's wisdom just poured in me. I mean, poured in me. I came in, I went into the room where he was, literally hooked up to every machine known to man. The room was full of his family, just full of his family. I walked in that room and I instantly knew what to do. When you ask God for wisdom, for any situation, you have, once you do it, you have to actually take the first step. And when you take that first step, I promise you, God is showing up. Are you hearing me? God is showing up. He will give you that wisdom. If I would have found the other three pastors and they would have gone to that hospital room, I would have lost one other thing. I have known that family now for a very long time, over 30 years. I have married and done the funerals for most of that family. They are dear, dear, dear friends of mine. Look what I would have missed. In life, when you ask for wisdom, God gives it to you. You need to have the courage to step out in it. You also have to have the courage to improve. The next one is you have to always keep improving. This is super important. We can never know, we can never say we've arrived. I have a, I have a passion, golf. I have a passion, it's, it's called golf. Let me tell you about the very first time I went golfing. Very first time I went golfing was at Hickam Par 3. Anybody know where that's at? Doesn't matter. It's <laughs> Hickam Air Force Base. It's a par three, so it's lit at night. You can play it at night. So I'm there first time, and I grew up C student, but I was a, I was a good athlete. So I figured, how hard could this be? I can do this. So I got some old clubs, went to par three with my buddies. I'll give you a picture of the par three. Here's the tee box going that way, and behind you is kind of like the bar restaurant area, and everybody waiting to play that night is there watching you. That's the way it worked. The whole, you have a whole audience. So I walked up to tee box and I wasn't nervous until I turned around and I saw all those people. I go, huh? uh-oh. So I got up there, put my ball on the ground, shaking like a leaf, nervous. I swung. I thought it was an amazing swing. I completely missed the ball. Like completely, completely. And of course, you know, it was a little awkward. I'm feeling like, oh man. Anybody ever play on the first tee? Everybody knows, everybody golf and knows that first tee can be nervous. So I hear my buddies go, oh, do it again, Rob. No big deal. Try again. You'll do it. 
And so I get up, tee, tee the ball back up. Well, I didn't tee it. It was sitting right there. <laughs> and I, the last thing the guy said is, kill it. Just swing it and kill it, Rob. Keep your, keep your eye on it and kill it. Okay, I can do that. I swung with all my might. There was a, there was a tree about 100 feet down the, on, the, on the left side. In fact, he told me, don't hit the tree. So I swung with all my might, and I hit the ball, barely. It rolled a few, few streets, but my club landed in the tree. <laughs> right then, I had to determine, am I going to play this game? And if I am, I have to improve. <laughs> you see, I never stopped learning. I got involved, and I can play the game today. But what about your life? There's things in your life, God would say, never stop, never stop growing. Never stop growing. Never stop improving. I want to be the best husband I can be every day. I literally say that to myself. I want to be the best dad I can be. I literally tell myself that. Because I'm a guy and I can forget things like that. But if I always remember to say that every day, I put in my mind, I'm going to improve. I'm going to be a, I'm going to love my, I say this way. I'm going to love my wife today. I'm going to love my kids today. I'm going to love anybody I come in contact. I'm going to love them. And every time I say that, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be a better spouse. I'm trying to be a better dad. I'm trying to be a better coworker. I'm trying to be a better boss. I'm trying to be a better pastor. But God would say, don't ever get stuck and where you are. Always continue to grow. Are you hearing me? And when that happens, when you learn, you'll start to inspire others. You'll start to inspire others. It says this, in Proverbs 19.20, get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. Let me just end by saying this. I don't say this in any way prideful, in any way, because I know the person I am today is, has zero to do with me, because left to my own advice, device, I would have screwed it up big time. But because I was willing to allow God to speak into my life, and I was willing to follow him and fall in love with him and his word, I am living, and you are looking at one blessed guy. I have a wife who loves me and I love her. I have a kids who love me and I love them. I have a church staff that I work with that I love and they love me. And it's not by accident because I allowed God's wisdom to pour through me. And can I just inspire you and encourage you to be an inspiration to others of God's wisdom flowing through your life as you touch your world whatever that world is, if you're married or not, if you're a student at school, allow God's wisdom to pour through you every day. Allow that to be a part of it. Listen to God and not yourself sometimes because God wants to change you from the inside out. He wants you to be a reflection of him. He wants you to be an inspiration to others as you've grown, as you've spent time with him, as you've grown with him that you can inspire others to know him. Are you hearing me? Let's pray. Lord.
thank you for the book of Proverbs, Lord. Thank you for the wisdom, the wisdom that comes. That Lord, your word says in James, all we have to do is ask and you want to give it to us, Lord. Just like you gave it to Solomon 3,000 years ago, Lord. We can have your divine wisdom in our life every day. We can have your direction and your guidance. And sometimes, Lord, we desperately need that. So, Lord, I pray for everyone. I intercede for everyone that's in this room this morning, that's on that courtyard or online watching. I intercede for every one of us, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would fill us, Lord, with your wisdom. That our minds would be captivated by your love. That we would know your grace and your mercy, Lord. That your word would become a part of us. That we would live through and for your word, Lord. That our lives would be an example of your grace and mercy in our lives, Lord, as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And keep your heads down for a second. I want to pray for anybody in this room who has never come to know you. And this is big because the wisdom we're talking about this morning can only come from a relationship with God. Knowledge comes through schools and learning. Common sense comes with life experiences. But the wisdom we're talking about this morning can only come from God and through his Holy Spirit. And the way to get there is to know him. Here's the deal. The word says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you will be saved. So I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never come to know Jesus, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I want to give you that opportunity right now. It's very simple. In a couple seconds, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so I know who's praying with me. And you're just going to pray under your breath as I pray and own the words. And Jesus is going to do something amazing in your life. So if that's you and you want to get to know Jesus, or maybe you're feeling far from him and you need to renew that relationship, I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. looking through the room right now. I see you over there. I see you. I see you in the back. I see you there. Keep raising your hand. Hands are going up across the room. If you're on the courtyard outside, I see you and I see you. Yep, awesome. Keep raising your hands. Don't be afraid. If you're raising your hand online, symbolically, I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord, put your hands down. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for living life my way. Lord, I pray that you'd come into my heart right now. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying for me on the cross, Lord. I acknowledge you that you're my creator. You're my Lord. And Lord, I, for the people who raise their hand right now, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come flooding into their life, Lord. And I pray that they would tangibly feel your embrace right now, Lord, like never before. That you would envelop them with your love and mercy and grace and your wisdom, Lord. I pray that the person who drove up that driveway this morning and the person that goes back down it are two different people because of you, Jesus. Reveal yourself to them every day, Lord. Allow them to come to know you and trust you. In Jesus' precious name. And Anchor Church, we all said, amen. Awesome, you guys.